So we encounter in the readings today this familiar for us word, but it's really a very strange word, manna. This manna that turns up in the desert. And it's a word that scripture scholars have wrestled with for a long time, trying to understand what exactly does it mean. So brilliant people, much more brilliant than any of us in this room, have wrestled with this. And they've basically come to the conclusion that the best English word to use to translate that Hebrew word manna is manna. Nobody really knows exactly what it is. It's, it's kind of a, a nonsense word almost. So think of an English word like thingamajig or whatchamacallit. Manhu sort of means what is it? That's what they literally say in that first reading, beautifully read. They saw this stuff on the ground and they said, what is it? If we were listening to it in Hebrew, we would have heard something like manhu. And it's meant, I think, to be that way. There's a very profound spiritual lesson in that. Now think about it. If God simply wanted to feed them, he could have given them something that was very familiar. He gave them quail at night. They knew what that was. They ate it. Why couldn't he have just given them locks and bagels or something in the morning? They would look at it, very familiar. But instead, it's this unrecognizable stuff, this what is it. And imagine that you were there, and for the very first morning, that stuff is on the ground. You don't know that it's bread from heaven. And I've often thought, who was the first person? And I'll bet it was a kid, a little boy or girl, who for the very first time picked up some of that and ate it. You can almost imagine an ancient Israelite mother. Don't put that in your mouth. You don't know where that's been. But whoever that was for the first time, they consumed it and they realized this will sustain us. If it isn't this, it's nothing at all. And that's what God gave them with great intentionality. Now, I don't think God did that just because he's trying to trick them or he's throwing riddles their way to see if they're smart enough to figure it out. Because at the end of the day, that manna isn't really about food for their stomachs. It's about building a relationship. It's about everything that goes into forming an authentic connection, a covenant that isn't something that's written down to follow but is actually lived into. And every one of us in this room who's ever wrestled with a real relationship of love, and that's most of us, whether that's in marriage or family or friendship, even a colleague at work, sooner or later, every relationship reaches a point where you're looking at the other and you're asking, what is this? Who is this? I thought I knew this person. I thought we had this all figured out. Or we're looking in the mirror and we're saying, who is this? I thought I knew myself better. I thought I'd wrestled with that already. I thought I'd put that old demon to bed. Why is it here again? And there can be an awfully strong temptation to not want to believe there's anything there that could possibly sustain us. But those little manna flakes, they didn't go away 3,000 years ago. When you woke up this morning, there was manna scattered all over your bedroom floor. I don't care how much of a neat freak you are. And when you go back tonight, it's going to be there. And the next time you gather with your family, it'll be there. And when you go into the office, eventually, it'll be there. Because there's never any 
ending, really, to those moments in our lives where we find ourselves wondering, could this really be sustaining? Could this really be what God maybe wants me to embrace? Because just like that first Israelite who did put that thing in his mouth and discovered that it was food, the only way you grow in a relationship is to grow in trust. And the only way we grow in trust is by taking little steps into uncertainty. And that can be very frightening, that can be very risky. There can be lots of voices saying, don't go there, don't touch that, don't consume it. Better to starve here than to take a step into this risky territory. And as I said, I don't think God is just trying to give them a riddle to figure out. It's their way of experiencing what you and I still experience to this day. Lord, if you are here, then what does that presence look like? If you are here, I know the things that are comfortable, right? Let's bring it into New Testament times. Jesus, okay, I know your body and blood is in communion. I know you're in this church. I know you're in our hymns. Why aren't you following my script? Because in spite of all this familiarity, in spite of all this comfort faith, there are still those moments of what is it? And if we ever want to grow deeper in that relationship with the Lord, it's going to mean extending ourselves in trust. We know that in our human relationships, believe me, it's no different with God. So maybe just as a little spiritual exercise, as we move into this 18th week of ordinary time and the sleepy days of summer, it's just to ask yourself with brutal honesty, where's the manna in my life? What am I wondering? What's that about? What is that? What is it that I just as soon not touch because I'm expecting something even better if God would get his act together? What is it that I could never believe in a million years could be sustaining because I've sort of convinced myself that is dead and gone and never coming to new life again. And so to take a page out of the book of Exodus and maybe just a baby step, right? You don't have to set the world on fire. Maybe just a baby step in that direction of risk to extend ourselves a little bit towards the other to maybe be a little bit more forgiving with ourselves in an area where we just keep beating ourselves up and denying that there could ever be any new hope or new life. Just one little step in that direction. These Israelites knew the God they were grumbling against. He didn't just turn up one day in the desert. And we know the God of whom we have great expectations. So when he doesn't follow our script, then build on the trust you have. It worked so long ago for them. Jesus reminded them a thousand years after Moses, it was right there in their midst. And 2,000 years after that, we can take his word just as well.